Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index, delivered through the AI Podcast channel. I am your host, as usual nowadays, Guy Drinkle, and joining me in the guest rotation weekly is Alex. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, Guy. I'm doing very well. As the, as the tag team rotor continues, we have Freebird ruling it. Only, uh, you know, the, the Freebird rule is usually consisting of three people filling in for a, a tag team, and he seems to have turned heel and uh gone away and and completely abandoned you so so i'm happy to fill it he's Kofi kingston and gone on to bigger and better things <laughs> he has he's he's on his wwe title run and me and you are just winning our sixth tag team title for the uh the blue brand i get no red brand i guess because Previously, index is red, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I'm doing very well, guy. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, so, this is going to be the Extreme Rules review. We're, we're going to talk about TV because me and Alex, someone came back. Got to talk about it. Just a smidge. Maybe an hour. Yeah. Just a wee bit. Yes. Uh, this is going to be, we can call, you can call this one the Bray Wyatt podcast if you like, guy. You can come up with that title there yeah, because I don't think it's going to change. Just the fiend and like. A lot of characters. <laughs> yes, uh, the fiend and others. Yes, yes, absolutely. But we'll save that for the end because we'll yes, get we'll okay. we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get sidetracked. Yes, 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 that's true. We will. We will. We'll save that to the end, and then I could we could maybe make a part two just for that. But we'll start on the pre-show. Um, <laughs> did you watch the pre-show? I was part of it. I watched. Shinsuke, I was getting because obviously time differences, Australia being the future. I, uh, me and my best friend watched it. We we get up early ish about eight o'clock because that's when the pre show starts. And then um, he came around and we kind of sat down uh, at about nine o'clock because I went to go pick him up. So the half an hour before that, just as I was about to leave, I went, okay, I'll turn on the pre show so it's there for when we come back. Uh, turned it on and watched Shinsuke Nakamura pin Finn Balor and went, holy smoking Jesus, what is happening there? Um, and just, I went, oh, that, that's a bit strange, actually. That's a bit of a shame because Balor's uh, Intercontinental title run was 
practically non-eventful. But as it's come out in the news, uh, Bala wants some time off. Uh, apparently, that was both asked for and approved before Extreme Rules, which makes sense why he's dropping the title and, and is now um, in a feud with uh, The Fiend, who I'll only mention once, I promise. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that was the most pressing part of the pre-show, thinking back on it. It was the only bit that I really went back and watched after the event, purely because of the shock factor. Oh, and I guess the Cruiserweight title match was kind of there. I'm happy Gulak won, but it wasn't the strongest match at all. Yeah, I think that's been a recurring theme since um, the call-ups from, from 205 Live, really. Um, but yeah. Mm. Although, actually, sorry, on that, if you haven't yet watched 205 Live this week, because Chad Gable and uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher put on an absolute clinic and basically proved that 205 Live isn't just a bunch of flippy shit, that uh, the grapplers the grapplers and the, the good matches can still flow nice and freely, and those two definitely put on the match of the week for me. I will check that out, because I, I love Jack Gallagher. Because um, he's just funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty sure Gulak, and not, not really much to talk about there, but um, Shin v. Fa- Shin v. Finn. Um, wasn't, <laughs> Shin v. Finn. Yeah, was it wasn't the most impressive match. I thought the SmackDown one on the previous week was actually better, but they seem to be trying to bring Shin back in from the darkness because obviously he was he was away for months. He was stuck in that crappy tag team with Rusev, who seems to always change his tone every week and wanting to leave, then gets a run, then wants to leave again, but um. We might be trying to get Shin back in back into a prominent position on SmackDown. Cost well, the uh, SmackDown division isn't uh, too deep, although it's been destroyed by the wild card and all that jazz. Um, but what do you think about Shin getting back into a some part of the card at least? I think it's uh, excellent. I think it's necessary because um, Shinsuke Nakamura has there is a clock on him. His career in New Japan was. Mar- not marred, but certainly typified by strong style and brutal kicks and knees and his body breaking. So the idea that he can do an AJ Styles and go till age 45 probably isn't quite right. Um, he'll probably be retiring sometime in the next couple of years. And I think Shinsuke will be completely okay with that. He went to WWE to make money, to have a lighter schedule, to not do all the crazy New Japan stuff. And I think he's succeeded on that account. I think he just needs to go out properly. Um, he has been kind of underwhelming in ring as well as booking wise since almost his first match in, in NXT really. It was starting on a high note and his NXT title run never really got off to that meteoric heights, even though I guess he did follow probably the greatest NXT title run of all time, Finn Balor. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the main roster, he didn't really do much. A good heel, heel turn and two month, three month heel run was kind of, followed up by a letdown of a, ma- a match with AJ. Then it was a really, really good last man standing match with AJ on SmackDown. And since then, I mean, you can't really put Shinsuke in any significant feud or any significant event. So it's good that he's got the Intercontinental, intercontinental title back. He needs direction. And as long as they have him make the Intercontinental title mean something, um, obviously they had the United States of Nak America with the US title. I doubt it will go back to that, but I do think it will at least give the, the Intercontinental title that same legitimacy that Finn gave it, the idea that, like, yeah, this is a proper 
title for proper wrestling matches, um, just like it, it, it kind of has been over the last two, two, maybe three years. So I think uh, Nakamura winning it is good. I think it's just a shame that Finn didn't get to showcase what he could do with it because he didn't have any meaningful intercostal title offenses, really. Yeah, I, I think it has been almost a, a dead title for quite a while. It is a shame because Finn, they're teased and they teased a big feud with Andrade since the draft. And the payoff match was in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> just a waste. And I know, yeah, I know, that's true. I know Andrade. It was a complete waste. Yeah. Andrade obviously had family family issues, which might have caused disruption to the feud as well. But it, mm. it, to have no feud in about four months, four, three, four months. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very strange. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think when Bala comes back, he'll be top Carter again because I was thinking about this the other day he's the best face they have um oh god I just don't think they'll ever push him at that level so to be honest it's just it's got they've done that much damage to him and it looks like going to do more damage to him in the coming weeks um I think Finn needs a whole character revamp and maybe that means turning teal if anything I mean, there's a certain group that could do with another character if they want to keep that going long long term, and that could be a way to um, reconfigure his character. Wouldn't have to wouldn't have it to rhyme with the pub, would it? Uh, just about, just just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About right. yeah. I think the issue you have with turning Finn heel is that you lose, like I said, your most natural baby face in terms of like. What would what would the what would the entrance be? Because the entire arena always does the Finn Balor thing. So you change the entrance, all right? You're losing a popular dynamic. Maybe it'll maybe you can come back. Maybe not. But there's only so many people you can turn heel properly. Um, I think the best babyface turn we've seen in the last two years probably is actually Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens is current one because it's been it's been clearly defined it's clearly working and the fact they give him a free mic works a treat if finn joined the club i think it would be perfect for his character because we need to see the shift and like yeah you're right he hasn't done anything really since but at the same time they protected him for so long while brock had the title you got to remember that he was the first universal champion and while brock had that title it was literally a case of we can't let finn anywhere near it because he still has his rematch obviously then he had his rematch with roman roman won uh then he had his proper match with brock which was absolutely awesome um obviously brock won that because brock wins it's just what he does uh and I think from that you can say Bala is enough of a of a threat to be a main event contender in terms of historically. I just don't know what you would do. Like, what do you 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 can't really come have him come back and beat Brock because I think they're saving Brock's loss for well. Well, actually, no. You may, you maybe you can. I was literally about to say they're saving Brock for Roman, but now Roman's on SmackDown and Fox is coming in October. I think Roman's going to be WWE champion by the end of the year. So maybe Ballet comes back and he can beat Brock or maybe he comes back and beats Bray for the world, for the universal title. Um, but we'll, you know, we could talk about that later. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, for me, I think Ballet is 
the most valuable commodity on that roster and perhaps the one they've most criminally underutilized. Uh, and to me, coming back after this break straight into the universal title picture may just be a, a nice cop-out, a nice like opportunity to hit the hard reset on him, even if he stays face. Um, but I do think he needs something at least. Yeah, just a strange one because I thought as soon as they split the, um, I thought as soon as they split the uh, the two rosters into SmackDown and and Raw, and then he obviously got drafted to SmackDown initially uh, with the IC title and the US title went over to Raw. I thought that was going to be a real, like a restart to his career, possibly make him into the main event. If anything, it's made mm. him, it's made him worse because he's not even been on TV. <laughs> That's probably the worst. Yeah, thing. he's barely. He's barely featured, hasn't he? And he's like, and it's like, well, the wild card rule is just your again using this word again, cop out way of getting Roman on both shows when you can, and trying to get the buzz of Kofi appearing on Raw as well because the ratings tanks. But at the end of the day, you have to end up with clearly defined rosters on separate brands because that otherwise you're just going to have so much talent wastage. It's a real shame. I hate the wild card so much. I know it sucks ass. Really does. Um, but we'll move. We'll move on to the rest of the card because we can kind of talk about Finn a bit more later on as we keep teasing. But we'll get onto the proper card and the match. I probably had the most worries about that. Could have gone probably the worst because I mean the main event had no expectations whatsoever. Whereas this could have gone horrendously wrong. Um, Undertaker and Roman. The sorry. The Graveyard Dogs, I forgot they called that, which is, which is the, wor- the worst name ever, um, uh, against Shane and Drew, um, the uh, career killers. Um, it was surprisingly good. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was, t- they limited Taker to just doing his old, pun intended, old school stuff without having to show how much of a decrepit old man he is. And I mean, I'm sick of the Undertaker by now. I if, if I had to pick one who I wanted to go see wrestle, I would absolutely pick Roman Reigns every day of the week before I would go see The Undertaker again. That's how sick of him I am. Um, but also, I am a Roman Reigns fan. But at the same time, this was really good. And it, like, he was this genuinely, like, you get Undertaker doing his good, his best bits. That camera angle with Drew McIntyre oh, rising from yes. behind the top. Oh, it was perfection. Um, yeah, no. It was it was it was an excellent way to to you know bring Taker back, but then there was people on Twitter saying, you know what, fuck it, get Sting back, let's do it, Taker versus Sting, and I'm just gonna go, oh, Saudi Arabia, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, they've got a Saudi show coming up in November. You just know the Saudis and absolutely rock off. For get a new Taker get a new neck Sting. on standby for Sting. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> The Saudi will pay for it. It's uh, fine. It's all right. You, can't, yeah. you won't be able to walk, but it'll as, do. As long as Goldberg's nowhere near it, Taker shouldn't be, you know, too badly hurt. So, um, no, what could go wrong? Yeah, just quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just quite a bit. Yeah, just quite um, a bit. I do think uh, I've been... What's the word? Less and less on the Drew McIntyre bandwagon lately. Purely because, mm. I mean, I know it's it's how he's booked, but every chance I see him, like the last time he impressed me was when uh, now John Moxley, previously Dan Ambrose, was 
leaving WWE and McIntyre was having those that series of really tough extreme yeah, matches with him. The last one standard match. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that when he kicked him through the guardrail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he just I don't know, he's he's had the chances, he's in the main event picture, and he doesn't seem to be doing much with it, even in the ring. Like I don't can't recall a great Drew McIntyre match. And that's interesting because I couldn't really recall one from his NXT days either. So maybe it is a case of let the bird fly on its own and it'll prove correct. But as of right now, I don't think one of, if we if we were judging right now and we had to come up with five people who were being underutilized and who needed to be done better, I don't think Drew McIntyre is justifying uh, inclusion in that list. Put it that way. I think there's, there's plenty that could be used better, but I think, I mean, we'll maybe skip a match or two and come on to this one, but you look at the match that Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley had, like, I'm not saying Drew is as limited as them in terms of you can only put them in a massive monster fight, but if you want to book Drew at his peak best, I imagine if you put him in a match like that, with a bit more finesse, I imagine he has than them too, I, I think that could work a treat, whereas now he's just, he's Shane's bitch, which... yeah. It, 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 that is it doesn't do any favours to anyone. And then he got booked. Well, I don't know if he was booked, but he was obviously in a crap match at WrestleMania with Roman, which he was never going to win. And the match itself was probably the most disappointing thing from that weekend. Um, and and then since he's been stuck in a feud, whether it's The Miz and Shane, Roman and Shane, now it's going to be Kevin Owens and Shane. It's, it, it, he, he really needs to get... He really needs to get away from Shane. And, and the fact that he was rumoured to be one of the ones um, Taker wants to work with at SummerSlam, if he beats Taker in a one-on-one match at SummerSlam and he gets away from Shane at the same time, I think that's how you kick restart his singles career. But as long as he's with Shane, I, I just don't think he, he has a doesn't have a fighter's chance, really. He's just got nothing. He can't really do anything. Um, but I think there was... Um, uh, Madison Square Garden adverts that him and Seth were going to be going for the Universal Championship, which that's the feud I wanted after WrestleMania, to be honest. Mm, it was the one they were teasing as well, and I guess we sort of got it a bit because Drew kept... I mean, there were a few raw matches, but then obviously Shane McMahon became a thing. I do think that... Yeah, that, that's a very good point. If you put Drew in Lashley's position... That match would have been just as good because it would have had the same moments. But I'm not sure Drew has the same Lashley presence, which, I mean, people can say, what is a Lashley presence? But he did make a lot of that match with Braun feel just extra. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to to use a Vince, Vince truism, an extra meaty. It just, there was, look at all that meat was just like, Oh, look at them! Look at how big they are! Look at yeah. what's that? No, what's Vince to say? Look at all that beef! Just so this much beef wrestling. in the ring. It's just, <laughs> yeah, this is this is professional wrestling. Um, but I I don't know. Something about Lashley being in that match made me think, yeah, Drew would be excellent here, but would it have the same you know gravitas and presence? I do I do want to say that Raw has been good. Well. Maybe not be consistently good, but it has been much better for the last month and a half. Two out of three have been ish. good. 
two out of three. Yeah, the, the last three weeks, two out of three have been good. But even going further back, like the, the two weeks before Heyman's announcement were much better than mm. the absolute dross that was pre-stomping grounds. Because um, before that, it was literally... Around Saudi. I think I only watched it was the all... Firefly Flunhouse. <laughs> I think that's yeah, the only absolutely. It was they were they were the only compelling bits of TV, and now I think Braun and, and Lashley was one of the the things that made us go, all right, they're trying now because they turned a bad feud into something with this last man standing match, something genuinely compelling, and if they can do that with those two, you'd hopefully think that they can do that with Drew as well. You know, put him in a program, have it mean something, have it matter, and then finish it with a really good blow-off match. Um, and I know, well, yeah, like you said, we'll talk about it later, but Lashley versus Braun was the perfect example of that because it was kind of the perfect blow-off match. Exactly, exactly. So we'll, we'll move on from that match. Um, Revival v. The Usos, which is possibly the biggest dream match tag team division in WWE at the minute. Um, mm. Was a good match, but I just I thought it I thought it was really good to be honest. I think it was let down by level. the crowd. I think there's a le- yeah the, the, the well a word on the crowd all night. It was shit for the most. It part. was awful. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, that were a terrible crowd. Yeah, and for Philadelphia, I think it was Philadelphia as well. It's, yeah, it, it was. was. Just, it was just disappointing. It was, but it's, yeah, for 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 what the card was, the the crowd was awful. Um, but yeah, I I. I thought it was a very, I thought it was a good match, but I feel like there is, there was another level from both of these. Like if this was done on a, NXT, I think it'd be match of the year contender. Whereas I just think this is, well, it's it's probably the most difficult card to say this on because there was a million good matches on it. It it just kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. But I and I do agree. But I also hope that this wasn't their peak attack that they were they are building up and building up chemistry and building up the idea that well we will get there um but i do think it, it definitely showed for me ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
I mean, it's an interesting way to say this, but the revival do still they are still good, but also they they do still look good, which is like mm-hmm. j- if you put the ring stuff aside and how good they are at wrestling, they still are. And after all that awful, awful stuff with the Usos, like we were talking about when Raw was crap, with all the you know the, the cream burning and the yeah, it was oh, it was just awful. That was terrible. They well, one for one, the Usos have gone back to being proper Usos, which is just talking absolute shit, cutting awesome promos before their matches, and then going in there and just tearing the house down, which was SmackDown Live. But the revivals still look legit, and they still look like they're a very good tag team that knows how to win at all costs. And that was always kind of what they were, and they got toned down a bit, and they got you know ridiculed, and now it looks like they're going to be signing new contracts, maybe. They've certainly not rejected the offer like they did the first two. So I do still think there's plenty there for the rival Usos to toy with. Um, I think, yeah, again, the crowd just let this match down big time, considering how good it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to see the revival. If I mean, if they want it, if they do sign a contract, probably a mistake, but money. Um, if they do, I'd like them to keep it till WrestleMania, to be honest, and then do this match mm. again with a, a proper non-shit build. I think that'd be the best yeah, way absolutely. to do it. But also, they shouldn't have lost the titles to fucking Ryder. Yeah, oh, we don't need to talk bad. about that. No, that mm. was so bad. Mm. That might be tough to do because I mean, it looks like the Usos have got a natural storyline. So I think they got put with Ricochet against the Club on Raw, if I remember correctly. So that might be something. Yeah, there. they did because Ricky needed some friends. Yeah, exactly. So if the revival, I can't really see him fighting the well, Vikings. And stuff like that. So that's yeah, that's next, isn't it? They're building up Viking Raiders, so maybe they turn Viking Raiders face ish, have them. Mm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing. I think if they want to build the Viking Raiders a bit more, I think AOP is the way to go. To be honest, yeah, I was about to say I saw AOP for the first time on SmackDown uh, when they came out to help Shane, which is how relevant they've been lately, which is a real shame. But. Um, they would be the perfect foil for the Viking Raiders, I definitely think so. In terms of the wild card rule, you can easily, because I think they're technically on SmackDown, you can easily get them over there. I don't think Viking Raiders are ready for title run yet, because they yeah. just, literally, they came up and just brutalized people. So, I think it'd be we'll good if see, they, because they're fighting random local tag teams. I think if the AOP attacked Viking Raiders after one of their matches, I think it's an easy few to say. You don't even have to do the payoff at SummerSlam. It can just be Either pre-show or or on TV. or just a raw, yeah, yeah, exactly. That could that could easily main event a raw or SmackDown, whichever way you want to do it. It it would be a good way to do that. But um, my match of the night, I yeah, my match of the night, Alistair Black v Cesaro. I thought I this, completely agree. Yeah, I, I thought this was just peak. This was more than that. This was what I expected and more. Because I thought they wouldn't book Cesaro as strong. I thought we were going to get the match we had on SmackDown, where it was still good, mm. but it was like quick and done. Whereas the, what did this go? It was still it was still under ten minutes, but it felt longer, and it felt like it, was it really? Yeah, it was nine forty five. It felt at least fifteen. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, nine forty five. No, yeah, they they they're right. They're consistently right. Yeah. But oh my my word, that's 
that's impressive to have to pack that much into a less than 10 match and for it to be that well paced and that good. Um, obviously, the high spots are, were the you know the counter of the knee into the elevation. Oh. Uh, oh. The, uh, the finish was amazing. The you know the little things that that's what they both do so well. Those little things in in the match, the little mind games, the strikes. Alistair Black's Cesaro counter, pretty much everything that he had. Oh, just oh, it was utter utter perfection. It was he was exactly what you said. It's, as what as it was what you figured, even with you know a temporary bit of expectation, but then it just elevated a bit more. Ah, uh, yeah, it was just class, so class. I'm just really looking forward to see what what's next for Alistair Black because he's yeah. de- he's definitely having a match at SummerSlam, and if he gets more time than that on SummerSlam, which will be a million hours long, I imagine, it he could he could easily go 15 with someone. Well, possibly probably not as talented as Cesaro because. There's not many who are. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a high bar, exactly. Yeah, uh, pun no intended. pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's just that I think this match ultimately showed they've wasted Cesaro quite a lot. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like, I love the bar, but Jesus, th- this bloke should have been yeah. something. He uh, probably should have been world champion by now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, such but a- at the same time, he has had... like. Looking back, he's had a good career. Like you can't begrudge him that. It's just that one run that he's missing, and maybe we will see it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he could have been. He could been one of the ones who could have really profited from being a on a on a SmackDown. I wasn't destroyed by Raw superstars every week, but then he got put on the Raw. Yeah, I mean, think about how how good um the first. Well, sort of the first brand split, but even like the, as it evolved, that first brand split did wonders for Ziggler, Miz, AJ, Ambrose, called mm. those the, like the new era SmackDown yeah, yeah. four. And I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Fox, but if Cesaro, Alistair, Roman, who I, Finn depends on what he comes back as. But, you know, that, that kind of block of stars who got drafted. I mean, they might do another draft, to be honest, so we yeah, don't know. That, that's but if Fox comes sense. along, yeah. you, it wouldn't make sense, especially with Bischoff and Hamer starting. But if you have, you know, a Fox-era SmackDown 4 or SmackDown 5 or SmackDown 6 or SmackDown 7, I think you do want Cesaro in that mix just because he's so good. And you want Alistair as well because Alistair's character has been built perfectly with these backstage scenes. I know people don't like the fact that he didn't wrestle for ages, but I thought they were perfectly crafted because it gave this match a bit of zest, a bit of spice, the whole pre-match package of just like, I'm going to pick a fight with you and Alistair begging for a fight. And if he lost, then, uh-oh. but he was never really going to lose. But for that little split second, you believe that Cesaro might win. I was just oh, perfection. I loved it. So uh, I'm just, I'm, lo- I'm trying to think of someone who Alistair Black could go to. I mean, a dream match would be Brian, but I don't know what he's going to do next with his uh, team I think, stuff. Well, Brian, Brian should probably come back and challenge Kofi, right? Yeah. Because the, the whole tease this SmackDown was the announcement, and then New Day were like, "Oh no, you're coming out. You'll come. Come on, we'll give you a title match. We'll give you a title match." Brian dropped the mic and just didn't talk and said, "I need to aim higher." And yeah, surely he's him versus Kofi SummerSlam would be fantastic. But it looked like Randy was going to get it. Going off, I think. He oh, that's true. Him, actually, yeah. no, he did. Yes, no, he did. He did RKO him. Hmm. 
That's it's a tough yeah. one. Just mm. don't please for the love of God. No, don't, I don't, be, know. don't be Dolph Ziggler for fuck's sake. No, 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 no. Oh God, no. It's yeah. They didn't need to do Ziggler versus Owens again, and I'm glad they didn't. Yes. Yes, but it'll be interesting to see where Alistair goes with. If it's someone who's just... I mean, Bud, Buddy Murphy would be lovely as well. I know it'd be nice to get Buddy Murphy to have an actual match and chance of winning, but it, yeah. he'd be able to well, put on a He said about 10 words Yes, exactly. in the SmackDown Town Hall segment. And it was actually but, on uh, TV. <laughs> it was incredible, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we are... Well, the, the low point... Of the night, shall we say. Uh, the P-break match. Bailey defeated Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. No story development mm. with Alexa and Cross not turning on each other or whatever. Bailey just beat them two quite easily. Really? <laughs> it it was a bit crap. It was, it was a bit... Even afterwards, you're expecting... I mean, I get it. They want to play the long game. This is how you do it you know, constant teasing. But then they didn't follow up with anything on Raw. And now he's going to face Ember on SmackDown, so that's fine. And you can't really turn Alexa more heel because she's going to get cheered anyway because she's such a natural baby face at this point. No, no, sorry, no. She's not a natural baby face, but her natural character has turned baby face because people just love her because they love the arrow. It's the, the cockiness, but they also love all the 24 documentaries that, or the 24 documentary with all the stuff around Alexa coming back from concussions and having to deal with injuries. So you can't really do that. You, you could turn Nikki Cross all crazy heel. That's probably how, what they're going to go with, but yeah, that's a bit of a hard sell now. You being so sympathetic. It's hard to say where they're going with this, to be honest, especially with the news that Ronda Rousey probably is going to come back before the end of the year. I mean, at the same time, they have been excellent at, uh, you know, doing their women's storylines so far this season. Uh, this this kind of WrestleMania post, because they are actually dedicating time, as we saw on SmackDown, to proper women's storylines. Becky Lynch is helping that a lot. Bailey is getting a bit of uh, a new, not necessarily a new look or a new gimmick but definitely a new edge to her less um, kid friendly who knows what the situation yeah. yes less insufferably happy is what i'd say as well yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree with we that saw yeah. some fantastic stuff with live as well so you yeah, know mm. i think they're, they're doing well it's just i'm not sure where they're taking it maybe just form a tag team properly and be done with it and then have the kabuki warriors just again a shit name Triple threat yeah. tag team match might, might be the one that makes sense, I suppose. Because, albeit the iconics are fun, it it's not working. It's not working that well. Um, yeah, I love the I love them so much. The like I just they are amazing. I love them. But all that being said, they probably need to yeah drop the title sometime soon because it, it as much as much fun as they are as champions the tag team division isn't established enough for them to you know be the shit get away with the champions every two weeks if they had a match every pay-per-view and they just kept slithering out and they kept getting out then you could be like yeah they're just shit eating heels who just love to make you hate them 
but there's not enough of a tag division to really prompt that and really justify that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it, that that needs a first lift more than anything, I think. Um, beef match. It was... <laughs> Look at all that beef. Yeah, just just the absolute Sunday dinner. Um, it was... It was so much better than I... Like, I thought we peaked at the uh, going through the LED board. I thought that was going to be the peak, and this would just be a broad match where he's... Brown and then fucking batters him in three seconds. But no, they, this... This was... What did it go for? 17 minutes, and it didn't it feel... It did. Yeah. It felt brilliant. It was brilliant. It did feel... I mean, there was a bit... I mean, obviously, there was a bit when they were kind of just trundling around backstage where it, it was a bit like, all right, where are you going, lads? But then every time you thought it was dipping, they came out with something big, like Braun just literally picked up Lashley and threw him against the wall, <laughs> yeah. and he just went splat, <laughs> like splat to the floor. He went, oh, where did that come from? Holy crap. And then every, but and then the final build-up as well to that that finish, it was, yeah, it was class. It was so much better than any right to me. Uh, it, the thing is, it's not really done damage to Bobby Lashley because that's what we've seen with people post Braun. Like they look like absolute pussies, really. But yeah, it's a very good point. Bob Bobby's obviously suffered since he came back to the WWE, really, with with character crisis. If he's just going to be this bloke who just goes meaty mash- matches and squashes people, and his one move is literally the spear, that that that'll do me. <laughs> that's how you should yeah. have booked him ages ago. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, without the mouthpiece as well, just why not? Yeah, he why not? He doesn't need to talk. He just needs to come out and fight. That's it. Exactly. Just big, big beef. Bobby and absolutely cane people. And the other thing about this match too was it did tell the D-board thing. Bobby Lashley's line was, I was the first man standing after that and now I'm going to be the last man standing and like, Braun, I'm just going to put you away. I'm just in a violent mood and I'm going to prove to you that you can't like destroy me. And after that, it was just a case of like, all right, what are they going to do to each other? And the finish was great for that because it was Braun literally tossing Bobby Lashley, I mean, in kayfabe, just tossing him through part of the arena, through part of the stage set. And the thing that preceded that was both of them going through part of the arena, part of the stage set. So to, yeah, to me, like a fantastically done match. Uh, It was so much fun. Uh, and it made Braun look good too. I don't know if I don't know what your thoughts about Braun are lately, but I've really jumped off the hype train over the last twelve months because I know he's been booked poorly. But even when he was made eventing Brock, Joe, Kane, I was not impressed at all. Yeah, I think the higher on the card he's got, the weaker he's looked. Like in all senses of it, whether it's booking or performance, he just looks lost in there. So mm. uh, I think. It's tough. I don't really want him with a mid-card belt unless he's going to have a monster reign with it. But as a face, I, I don't think he can do anything for a mid-card belt. I think he should just be feuding with people and having these monster mashes like Bobby Lashley. You mentioned Drew earlier. Joe could do a job mm. in here. I mean, Joe would probably be good. That was teased on the draft as well. I was quite looking forward to that. I know Joe would have lost, Yeah, this didn't quite happen, did it? Yeah, it was just... It well, just the thing, Joe, Joe's gotten to the point where every loss just doesn't matter now because I mean if he can lose and then get a WWE title match just literally by putting Kofi in a, like it in a sleeper 
the sleeper hole and like just put him to sleep and just be like, yeah, okay, you get a title match now. It's like, all right, fine. We, we, it doesn't matter. You, you can lose all you want. I just wanted to have one title run, Joe. I mean, we'll come on to it in a bit, but I, he keeps being put in matches that he shouldn't win, if you get what I mean. Like, it, mm. all these matches, you're just like, yeah, Joe, should, he could win, but he shouldn't. He could win that against Roman, but he shouldn't because Roman's about to face Brock. He could win that against Brock, but he shouldn't because, you know, Brock's... I mean, maybe that was the one that he should have to save us all from Brock Lesnar, but... That would have been yeah, amazing. <laughs> it would have been mint if he did, but, I mean... I thought AJ was the one he should have actually. Well, no, we'll we'll talk about when we get to. But yeah, I thought AJ was the one he should have won. But um, beefy match was the surprise of the night. Um, again, this next match probably in the conversation for match of the night. Maybe not on the same level as the Cesaro and the be- the beefy match because that was just that was just different different ends of the scale of wrestling um, there. But the triple threat. Um, tag teams, uh, SmackDown tag team match. Um, uh, I mean, we had the New Day, who, with the Usos, have been the best tag team in the company for what like the last five years. Um, Daniel Bryan is the best thing in the company. Let's be honest. Um, he he's even in a crap in even in a tag team division where it's not booked well, he's still standing out, and it's fucking amazing. Roy, experienced in the tag team division, and. A new a tag team that nobody had hoped for, other than being a comedy act, and now they are still comedy, but they're performing in the ring, and it's amazing. They are brilliant. I mean, okay, guy, who's who do you prefer, Big E or Otis? Oh, you can't do that. I know it's so tough, isn't it? I mean, they're different. Like Otis is never going to be, probably never going to be a champion. Big E, by all accounts, will and probably should be. No, well, yeah. Maybe flip that. Should and probably will be. Um, but God, oh, this is so much. Oh, I'm going to go Otis because of the Caterpillar. Ah, <laughs> yes. It, He's just the absolute boy. Tucker Knight can actually go properly. He, yeah, he can. It's surprising, isn't it? Because in NXT, he never showed that. But... Now he's like pulling out proper moves. I mean, the match they had on SmackDown as well—it was class. He's just going, "What is? What is happening? What is this?" I mean, we saw it with Elias. Sometimes the main roster fits certain people better than NXT. Certainly, Heavy Machinery never really gave any inclination that they were this good until they came up and started. Oh, yeah, Daniel Bryan, uh, Big E. Oh, it's all right. We're going to be the stars of this match. You come watch. We're going to pull off some big boy moves. It's just class because I thought I thought the SmackDown division would be screwed when after the brand split and obviously again wildcard crap all that but they've actually found three teams here I know Brian might be going for a singles push again which makes sense but they've kind of made great of a bad situation because they've unearthed something in heavy machinery <laughs> it's it's brilliant uh, uh, I mean I, maybe not ready for the titles yet but I could see them. I could see that as a proper WrestleMania moment, if I'm honest. If they wouldn't. It. it would be class. And you could justify it, too. You could say, well, and what else do you want? They've put on the matches. They've got the work rate. They've got the characters. And they've got the support from the fans, because they're clearly over. So it's like... And imagine Otis, like, just chugging down a protein shake with a, <laughs> the title around his waist. I mean, the title 
title will have to be extended around his waist. There's no way that title is actually fitting around that waist. But just chugging down a protein shake, screaming, tuck it, like he does, Chucky. and just waltzing down to the ring. <laughs> oh, my boy, Ricky. I love you, Ricky. Love you, Ricky. <laughs> oh, it's just he's the best. He's the absolute best. And you think about, like, tag, tag wrestling in WWE was not very good at the start of the year. I mean, I don't think it ever really got higher than it did in 20, late 2016, but mostly 2017 and 18 with New Day versus Usos being yeah. probably the best tag team rivalry in the world. And then it kind of dipped and troughed and, and Brian coming was made it like it was good, but it wasn't quite there. And then and obviously it got built back up. But like you said, the SmackDown Live tag division has kind of risen from the ashes that was the draft and all of a sudden become the prominent one. While it, whereas the Raw Tag Team Division is sort of still recovering from the Viking experience debacle and the revival being painted as as kind of wusses. So, no, the, the heavy machinery are owed a lot of that, but so too are Brian and, and um, Rowan and also, obviously, the New Day, who are now six-time champions. Can't do the Booker T thing anymore. Um, no. Poor, poor showing. Um but yeah, that was a very enjoyable match. Um, but another uh, another wrestling clinic, I thought. AJ Styles, newly turned heel AJ Styles, so I think he's kind of took a moveset evolution. He's done. He's starting to do less high-flying stuff, which is obviously more a face thing. Against Ricochet, who... It's, it's unfortunate that he's kind of lost the title quite quickly, but I think it's working in this storyline because they've put on brilliant matches on TV. Again, I thought this was brilliant myself. Um, and I don't think Ricochet came out looking weak with such a short title reign as well. I thought there's definitely more to see here, building towards a SummerSlam thing. And we, I obviously mentioned um, Usos as well. So if you put the best tag team in years with probably the best up-and-coming thing on Raw, against a well-established stable, I think that just works, and then you can have two separate matches at SummerSlam. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, are there better henchmen than Gallows and Anderson? Because they're just perfect. They're perfect for that role, whether it's Finn or whether it's AJ. Like, I just the, the, the fact that Anderson can talk, Gallows is big, they both can go, but at the same time, they never detract from the main man, which who is AJ. That, yeah, that the club just works a treat. And AJ's heel is one of those things that you just go, yeah, it just works better, doesn't it? Um, he'll, he will always revert to being a face eventually because he is a naturally likable man in that ring. But you're right, with the moveset shift, you could clearly tell AJ was healing it up. Um, the match itself was really good. Uh, it proved... Well, I mean, obviously, Will Ospreay's been touted as wrestler of the year and, and in certain circles has been putting on, you know, elite matches. But for me, Ricochet, I mean, there'll always be a comparison between the two. But for me, Ricochet is probably the greatest, you know, under 215-pound wrestler on the planet purely because of the stuff he can do. He's absolutely incredible. Um, and he's, he's furthering, yeah, that claim a lot on Raw. But also, he's one of these people that you just, don't need him to talk. And it's probably better when he doesn't talk because, I mean, his promo on Raw wasn't great. But he can st- still go into the ring. And, like, the match with AJ, just... It was perfect because it was just simple heel turn, the face, 
against the odds. No, you know, overbooking, no over-the-top over stuff, just Ricochet defending his title and being really cool. And people still wanted to see that and still, like, really buy into it. Um, so, yeah, not overcomplicating things is a big part of what makes Ricochet good. Uh, but at the same time, the finish was great because it protected Ricochet. It made the club look good. It made AJ look awesome. Uh, and it kind of proves that heel turns still work. You know, because in the WWE, a lot of times people turn heel and they're all like, I mean, we saw it with Kevin Owens. They turn heel and they're all like, oh, yeah, I, t- I turn my back on the fans, blah, blah, blah. And then they lose. And you go, uh, okay, that's a bit of a momentum killer. Uh, but now, AJ, you know, with the your run, the new attitude, it's kind of the opposite. It's like nothing will stop him. And that's that's a good for Ricochet because it gives him something to play off. And you're right, it probably is SummerSlam rematch plus Usos versus whether they actually do it or whether they just have them on the outside as the enforcers and whatnot. Uh, but it, it certainly would be enjoyable to see this keep going. I mean, I'm tr- struggling to think of someone who's probably better positioned to have the US championship than AJ, given Brock's going to be world uh, universal champ pro- probably for a while, we'd think. So, yeah, no, definitely love this match, but also I love the direction mm-hmm. that these two are going. And the thing is, if it's a book 50-50 like WWE loves to do, it's not going to hurt AJ, and Ricochet is going to look like a future main eventer, which he probably, absolutely yeah. in a post-Brock world. If the title will flip-flops, be. it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's just that's going to help them both, because, I mean, AJ, I think he said he's this this contract will be his last and he'll retire, whether that's true or not, but it might be, it'll probably be his last in WWE. If he can put over these elite talents coming through, whilst not just losing, 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 it uh, that's the perfect use for him for me. So if he, if he's now the upper mid card gatekeeper kind of thing, that is, that I think that's just the best way to do it. And he might have a last run at a main event because he'll AJ properly against, say Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns in the future again I ain't gonna complain <laughs> um but yeah it, it I think I think this I think this has probably been the best thing on TV for a while I think this has been perfectly done um yeah also on AJ and uh, that that whole comment as well the the finish my contract and retire there is oh I don't think it was more the rumor I think it was like confirmed that um WWE basically saying saying all right yes yeah, so you tell us when you're done and then we'll get you a job, which is what he wants to do uh, at the performance center, and you can just train people because he wants to live in Florida. I think he wants to live in, in Florida. He's from Atlanta. I think he's home still in Atlanta, but he's because obviously in TNA he lived in Florida. I yeah. think I don't know it, but yeah, basically he can get it set up in Florida. He doesn't have to do the insane travel schedule, and he can still get paid loads. Uh, but the big thing was after that, you just think. Well, imagine going into the performance center as a like, as a young kid, just being signed from WWE and looking around you, and you, oh yeah, Triple H is popping in. He runs the place. Shawn Michaels is coaching me. AJ Styles is coaching me. I've got freaking William Regal telling me all these incredible things and giving me all this insight. Just the idea that they WWE are now in the position where they can say, yeah, right. Once you've done your contract, go down to Florida for a while. Uh, even if you want to keep going wrestling, that's fine. We'll always have a job here for you. And, uh, yeah, you can come coach the next generation and you can team up with the likes of, you know, Michaels, Regal, AJ. I, I don't know if Jericho would is in a position to do that now, but if Jericho hadn't gone to AEW, I imagine they would have gotten Jericho in to do classes as well. 
Uh, Austin goes down there sometimes. It's Most just importantly, incredible. Andrew. Oh, absolutely, yes. The man formerly known as Lord Tensai. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, it, it's a testament to, you know, the actual future that WWE are building when you can say, come learn from AJ Styles, probably the greatest modern wrestler in terms of in-ring action. Come learn from Shawn Michaels, probably the greatest 90s, 2000s in-ring wrestler ever. Um, and obviously, one day, Hogan will be down there. <laughs> the not oh, greatest <laughs> wrestler in any reign ever, in any time period whatsoever. But anyway, back to the goodness <laughs> that was Extreme Rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from AJ and Ricochet, um, KO beat Dolph Ziggler in 17 seconds. Um, Brilliant. Brilliantly booked. Brilliantly yep. done. Didn't need anything more than that. Ziggler can go away. It's it's incredible how much people just have such disdain for Dolph Ziggler now because he is just a royal twat, to be honest. But no, yeah, it was perfect. He, they could have built him into such a Baron Corbin-esque heel, but the Mr. Trickler. <laughs> um, I think he kind of is. Yeah. He's, he's not. He's, he's losing, which is good, because if we can't deal with more than one because Baron wins. And true, while that... True does its job because it's really annoying. Ziggler winning would just be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. But yeah, I mean, the main thing here is Kevin Owens' character development and him turning face on Shane McMahon, which is probably the first Shane McMahon thing I'm actually looking forward to since The Undertaker. Yeah. And even probably more than that because it's developing something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm quite looking forward to this. What, what do you make of Kevin Owens? Obviously, you mentioned his heel turn at the, the uh, post-WrestleMania and stuff like that. It was it was, it was was a shame because obviously started the face turn and stuff like that. But I think this may have actually been a, a good accident because he was kind of booked stupidly before WrestleMania, rushing him back because he was obviously planned to be in the main event. But now I think he's had this explosive moment. I think there's a, quite a lot of momentum there now where he's kind of lost in the shuffle before. He was, but let's all uh, we have to remember as well. They they never planned to turn him heel. Yeah, Brian got injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and they kind of were forced to do it. So I think this is, but I think it's almost worked better that way. Yeah, because exactly. Yeah, he has been able to do this whole natural thing. But no, it's he's he's been brilliant in terms of his character development. But also, it came out in the in the news in the last couple of days. Um, and that's been such an important thing to you know to. KO, being able to have KO go out there and say what he wants to say makes him all the more endearing as to as opposed to him being kind of scripted. So, um, I mean, if Shane can go away, but at the same time, if he's going to inspire this new Austin-like face turn from KO and really inspire this incredible, you know, resurgence isn't probably too strong a word, but certainly it's a revamped Kevin Owens, then I think he works as pretty much the ultimate bad guy because he's uh he's like stephanie but not insufferable and he can actually get beaten up um and and yeah we can actually finally see some recompense which is always what you want with a heel you don't want their goons to lose you want them to get you know absolutely destroyed so uh i think yeah i think bischoff will have some fun with having ko be the i don't i was about to use the word wild card fire on SmackDown that just runs through the show and refuses to be put out. Absolutely. And this way, we don't have Shane McMahon beating Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is lovely. Do you, think they, 
Like, like, do you think they actually had a meeting in which that was raised? I, I think that was the plan, to be honest. I, oh, thought, I thought that was going to be like the SummerSlam main event. <laughs> oh, man. That would have Can't just you just see, like, the New Day feuding with Shane, Drew, Elias, Ziggler, was Kevin Owens. I, I could see that quite easily, which scares me. So I'm so glad they yeah. went in another direction. Um, so yeah, that's enough about that. Kevin Owens is a face. It, Will it's, it's bubbling do brilliantly. Yeah, it's it's going away. Um, yeah, Kofi v Samoa Joe. We talked about Joe earlier, and he's obviously been just putting feuds to lose. I, I mentioned earlier was probably the point for him to win the big one. I just don't think they're ever going to get behind him properly because I think he's getting on an age. He's still the best goddamn character in the company with Daniel Bryan, let's be honest. Um, his heel work's elite. But they're, they're never going to push with him because it, it, I, I think they've wasted some more joke quite a lot since... He, NXT, I thought, obviously, he was, I think when they originally signed him, they said he was probably just going to be an NXT talent. But when he made it to the main roster, they've just wasted him completely. Yeah. I do think, I mean, I said it earlier, I think he was a victim of circumstance. And I think they've they've certainly wasted his great heel abilities. Yeah. But at the same time, you think, you know, um, he has been in a lot of good title matches. So it's not that they've necessarily ruined him in terms terms of uh you know booking position because not everyone can be champion forever but i guess it's the same as what we were saying with cesaro you just need one like if he was WWE champion one i mean for god's sake jinder mahal was WWE champion yeah it's not that hard he needs one reign maybe not to dethrone kofi maybe it's the one after kofi for me i don't think he's unsavable like i think there are certain people who are unsavable um to be fair, most Bailey, people thought Bray Wyatt was unsavable. I was literally about to say, yeah, Bray reinvented himself. So maybe that was on Bray, uh, because this certainly isn't the Bray Wyatt of old. But, and I mean, I thought Bailey was unsavable, and she, to Dol- work at it, re- Dolph kind of rejigged the Dolph is definitely unsavable, yes. And I mean, Baron, to a certain extent, will never be anything more than what he is now, which he should be happy with, to be honest, because what he is now is a very effective heel who's in the top of the card. But there are certain people who you just are, you think, nah, you're not going to, you're never really going to get to that next step. Joe can, it's just a case of whether they ever will. And that's the criminal part of it is that they haven't already made him a terrible character that, that people laugh at. It's that he should have already had a title by now. He had the US title. It was good. And then the whole fiasco with Ray happened. Then obviously it came to the, to the punch, to the big one. And it didn't quite work. Uh, and obviously the loss to Kofi wasn't ideal for Joe. But at the same time, yeah, I, just, yeah, I keep asking myself the question of like, well, is he dead yet? No. So does this loss matter too much? Probably not. I, I don't know who's going to take the title off Kofi. Because in my mind, he can't carry it all the way to October. But then I look at the calendar and I'm like, well, after SummerSlam, and supposing he wins at SummerSlam, he he kind of has to because there's not another big pay per view until Survivor Series. If so it Randy, could very well be, and he won't he won't have a title match yeah. in Survivor Series. It'll be him v Brock, absolutely, or, yeah. or Seth. 
Yeah, that's true. Will it be him versus Brock? You'd think so. Well, they did um, yes. AJ v. Brock and Brian v. Brock, so... They oh, did, yeah. yeah. So I, I'd imagine why not, yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, it's... I'd, I'd be partial to Kofi keeping the belt till then, now that I think, like, in terms of thinking about it. So, if yeah, Randy doesn't I mean, take or, it off him, I don't think anyone can for the until Brian's in there again, to be honest. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, Randy's the only fresh face, because and that could feasible, feasibly win. And I don't think Randy wants to yeah. be champ anymore. I think he wants to get into a main event every three months. And just be like, Ryan, put me in there. Let me have a fun match. And then I'll go back home and I'll just chill for a while. Um, I don't, what, what do you, this, I mean, slightly off topic. What, where do you rank Randy in terms of overall legacy when he does retire? Suppose he retires from the A and doesn't go to somewhere else. It's tough with Randy because I thought he was brilliant evolution and legacy. Then there was 2009 onwards, where it was just, I know that's kind of legacy as well, but it was just him v Cena, him v Cena, him v Cena. It was just the same shit every week. But mm-hmm. I think, like, the first half of his career was brilliant. And, like, the Legend well, I, the I legend, legend Killer was fucking awesome. I love the Legend Killer. Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely true, yeah. And, legend and, Killer was amazing. Yeah. And even the... the Psycho run When he broke out. Yeah. Yeah, Psycho Randy, exactly. When he broke out into that that whole frenzy. But, I mean, the... Well, no, maybe maybe it was more a case of just Brian being good against anyone. 2014, he was a good heel champion, I guess, with yeah. the whole cash-in. The authority thing was a bit short. But, yeah, the authority thing dragged him down, and then kind of he had that real... What's the word? Career renaissance is the, the term that gets banded around a lot. But remember mm-hmm. when he was US champ? And he was around that mid card, and he was really killing it. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, but that was only like a year. I think it was only like a year, a year and a half ago. Anyway, he, when he gets invested, he gets very, very, very good. But I think it's just few and far between now. Um, I hope the, he's invested the for the Kofi match. Yeah, that's the thing. Him, him, the age WrestleMania was good, if I remember correctly. It, it, it you, was. It was excellent. Yeah, you you spot him when he's in the mood. He's elite. It's a He's obviously he is, he's yeah. uber WWE style, but that's the environment he's grew up in, and he's evolved in that and and stuff like that. So I think when he's on, he's one of the best. And I mean, he must be he, him and Edge are probably the best heels of the last twenty years. Twenty, yeah, I'd agree with that. Fifteen, twenty, yeah. yeah. So it's it it. <sighs> It's almost a waste because I think you could have used him, especially in this latter part of it. It's latter; he's still fucking young enough. <laughs> That's the thing. He's still yeah. he's probably still got loads in the tank. So I I think they've just kind of misused him. Like him v Jeff Hardy last year was brilliant. I thought I thought that was going to be the start of where he can just he can just get the best out of upcoming faces, and then he just. And I think he got a back injury or something. He's kind of not been seen till now, so it's a bit of a bit of a strange one. But I think if if he doesn't beat Kofi, I mean, him v Alistair Black would make sense. Um, who else is the him v KO makes sense? Um, I think that's he, that's a good one. I'd like yeah. to see him versus Orton. I uh, him versus Orton. Him versus Owens, because I think. Um, 
you've got new kind of proactive face Owens versus, you know, the old, I'm the Viper and I strike whenever I want and I'm the company dude and you can't say that about this company, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Or, I think that would work. Yeah, I think that would work a lot. It's an easy sell as long as, like, Shane's not in the picture. Yeah. If it's uh, Shane needs to go away after the Owens feud. Like, they, yeah. I get they like their authority figures, but as soon as Fox hits in October, there should be no more mention of Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one more one more feud with the Miz, have Miz kill no. him off from no. TV. No. <laughs> but, well, Miz, Miz, needs, Miz needs to get his win. He doesn't. Because remember, they did like the, the cage match. He does. <laughs> the cage match. It was like, oh. Yeah, but that he, was awful. He, he definitely. I know. But <laughs> I know it was awful. But at the same time, it needs to happen for storyline, just for satisfaction. Just have George pin him. Have George Miz pin him. <laughs> see, see that, that, just that I can get behind. That I can get behind. Not, not the yeah. Miz. George V. Shane at WrestleMania. No, George, yeah. Yeah, that would work. You broke my ribs, I'm going to break your career. The <laughs> <laughs> um, the match of all matches. Yeah. Just imagine, imagine George is just like, put to the five-star classic. <laughs> oh. oh, it would be incredible. Oh, God. Good God. Um, Main event time. Uh, it was as bad as we expected. We got a zoom in of Lacey's ass. That was about it for the first part. Yeah, of the that match. was. I, that, yeah. That, that, can I just? I just want to. I want to talk about that for a second. All right. Now Kevin Dunn has clearly gone and said, "All right, Lacey riding Seth on her ass on her tights is cool," and it was fantastic storytelling, right? Because it was it, what had the match transpired. It was great. And he's gone. How do we make the most of that? Well, when she gets up on the apron, let's zoom in on the lettering so everyone in the and at home knows what it is, and that'll enhance the match. The problem was the cameraman got the angle completely wrong, zoomed up on it anyway, and Lacey, obviously, because she can't see the cameraman behind her, didn't think to, you know, tilt her ass a bit and try and show off the set a bit more. She's like, oh, yeah, the cameraman's doing its thing. It's got the... But no, all we got was a shot of her ass, which I'm not complaining at all. Not in the slightest. I lived through the age of TNA with the beautiful people. Velvet Sky's ass was on show every week, and it was super. Yes, it was. So the more we get of that, the better. I'm completely on board. However, <laughs> in terms of a storytelling device, what we got told, what what Kevin Dunn told us via the production team, was that this new era includes, for some reason, Lacey's ass being very prominent for some reason. And then obviously it transpired that no, it was actually the writing or the text. But for, for a good three to four minutes there, the WWE Universe at home was told, all right, Lacey's got a great ass. That's that's important for some reason. I think um, that is important. It, it was just, I mean, it is. It, it is one of those, yes, it is one of those things that, you know, it, it matters to people um, being able to have those little indulgences. But when that happened, it was just a case of wow. And even on commentary, the, the trying to play it off, Renee being like, "Oh, geez," and Corey being like, "Yeah, that's, that's about right. That was a, a bit close." Oh, uh, it, it was oh, sensational. It was a perfect start to what would be a very strange match, which wasn't a bad match. I mean, you said it was as bad as we expected it to be. It was also as well, no. 
it wasn't as bad as we expected it to be as a match, but the moments were far better than I thought they'd be in terms of, well, I, I had Lacey being quite promiscuous with Seth, you know, pulling her in. When she went to whack the kendo stick, Seth caught it, and then Lacey went up to him and was all, you know, uh, flirty and, and romantic, and Seth was just like, whoa, back up there, crazy woman. That was nice. Uh, obviously, the bit with the tables was, you know, just a nice spot. It was cool. But uh, mm. the crescendo, the climax to the match, which uh, I'm sure we're about to go into, which was perfection uh, in terms of the way it ended. It, it's the only thing worth talking about with the match, to be honest, is like even the stuff it, after it, it is, yes. even the stuff after it was like, yeah, whatever. But Becky Lynch got fucking, uh, what the fuck, what's the name called? <laughs> what's the move called? The end of days. End of days. End of days. I always call it Deep Six, uh, which has a yeah, different, no. has a different yeah. meaning in, in an intergender tag team match. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. Yes. I mean, I think, yeah. Anyway, I mean, if she if she gave if he gave Becky Deep Six, Seth would have done more than hit him with a few kendo stick shots. Yes, exactly. He would have murdered him. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, he would have. But yeah, we got um, End of Days on Becky Lynch, which. I mean, it's the only thing that woke up that fucking crowd. <laughs> it really did. They went eight. But also, she sold it like a champ, didn't she? She made mm. it look a, a million bucks. And that, that's the thing. She, she probably sold it better than fucking Seth. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Credit uh, to Becky, too, because at the end of the day, they were telling a story, right? So the, the story, obviously, is that Seth expended so much energy avenging Becky that he was victor- victorious, he was vanquished, and he was like, oh, Jesus, I'm mentally exhausted. And then Brock's music hits, and the look that Seth gives is really nice, really good storytelling. Uh, and Becky's selling it like it. A, agreed to take the move, brilliant, but also selling it like she did, and moment where... He grabs the arm and you just go, wait, what? No, 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 wait. This is WWE. The sponsors are going to get angry. And and then he nails it and you just all go, whoa, what happened? What is that? That's incredible. But the, to then follow it up with such a nice shot of Seth's face to show, you know, how much, how angry he was and how bad it was and how, you know, viscerally animated he got when he was assaulting Baron Corbin with a kendo stick and the... Baron Corbin mouthing off of what are you going to do about it, you little piece of shit. Oh, so such a good, you know, climax to what was an otherwise crap match. But um, obviously then, obviously everything happened after it. But the, the highlight of that last half an hour was definitely, like you said, the, the end of days, the follow-up, the piece of shit reference and Seth's face being absolutely mental. And then the match was pretty much done. Seth goes Super Saiyan 8 on his ass uh, and yeah. can, destroys him with every weapon in the ring. Curb stomp, curb, curb stomp, curb stomp. Brock Lesnar music after the pin. Um, Heyman obviously teased it on Raw and earlier in the show. Um, I think most people thought it's extreme rules. Why would you do that? Nobody, it's Albeit been a brilliant pay per view, it's one of the probably B or C list pay per views of the of the wrestling calendar. But no, we got Brock, um, probably one of the surprises of the night, I imagine, other than the overall quality of the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brock is now back to being 
his stranglehold on the Universal Championship. Do you think they've learnt a lesson and not going to give him like a million year title reign where Raw suffers hugely because of it? Yes. I do learn. I think the fact that what Raw is essentially going to become not the A show anymore in a few months means Brock can't hold it for that long. I think they learned their lesson with Seth winning the title and immediately it kind of became more prestigious because it was on the show every week, which is a very important thing. Uh, I think Lesnar played it off quite well. He came out and cut his promo of like, well, Brock Brock Lesnar will cash in tonight. Or maybe I'm just being Paul Heyman and I'm lying. And then obviously he did come out. The timing makes sense because it's personal extreme rules. Uh, precursor Extreme Rules, Precursor to SummerSlam, and it's the only pay-per-view you got to do that, and you, if they did it at Saudi Arabia, people would have been mental. Um, and I get it that they want to have the big match uh, at SummerSlam. The question is, say he does lose it, who does he lose it to now? No, wait, I say, say he does lose it before Survivor Series. Maybe, maybe will, maybe won't. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, they're probably going to get away with another WrestleMania Brock main event, which I get, I get, that's where you want to go. That's fine. It's not that long, all things considered. It's what, six months, six, no, maybe, maybe more, eight months. But who takes it off him now? Because we saw on Raw, the eight-man battle royal included Cesaro, who lost. Lashley, who lost, but again, like you said, didn't really affect him, that loss. Uh, Rey Mysterio, who wasn't on TV for the month preceding that battle royal. And when he was, he got squashed by Lashley. Uh, Seth, good. Braun, been built up nice and strong. Roman on SmackDown. Who takes it off him? If it's not Seth, and if we don't have another draft, I know the wild card's stupid, and it is literally only served so Roman can be on both shows. Although they've gone beyond that, which is stupid. But it is. I think it's just to appease both um, US and Fox, so Roman can be on both shows, yeah. ultimately. Um, I, I still don't think it can be wrong, because if you've got SmackDown's biggest fucking character, albeit it shouldn't be, because he, he's never on fucking SmackDown. Um it, he shouldn't be beating Raw's big champ, whether it's at SummerSlam, it won't be at SummerSlam, but if it's WrestleMania or whatever. It, it should be Seth, or they should be creating a new star for that. And unfortunately, I only think that new person could be Braun, but he's had, what, three cracks at Brock? I, I've never heard the expression four times the charm. <laughs> it... it, it I, I do, I, and every time it's been be. like I get the bronze, I get the bronze good, but every time he's had a main event match, it hasn't worked. Roman had to carry him through his matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane was terrible. Joe was all right. The trip, no, no, actually, no. The, was it the final four way? When the was one, it? The Brock, there was a match Brock, that was Joe, Strowman, Ray. Brock, Joe, Braun. Was it Roman? Was, was it the last Roman? one? I'm not sure who it was. I don't know. Anyway, it was a fatal four-way. It was at SummerSlam 2017, I want to say. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, 
that was broad at its best, but it was hidden by kind of the multi-man thing. I I have a sneaky suspicion this is just to make Seth's title reign kind of a bit more tumultuous, and he's going to have the title yeah. back by next WrestleMania. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins at SummerSlam if they have a proper match. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Because surely Brock will wind in soon. I mean, yeah. he he's good for what he is. Like as an attraction, he's great, but he has to kind of wind down soon, doesn't he? However, mm. there is you know another option, guy. The and odds, yes, includes yes. someone who debuted on Monday. That is a beautiful segue. And you can see where I'm going with this segue. Exactly, yes. <laughs> we have, what is it? How, how long is it till Figgy? WrestleMania? Till SummerSlam? Oh, no. Till WrestleMania, eight months. So what are we, eight months, yeah. Yeah, eight months. So we've got eight months. The If we have if we have normal Bray next week in a jumper, no fiend, that, that's yes, lovely. Yes. We don't see the... We, <laughs> That would be so good. It has to happen now. Come on. <laughs> so we don't we don't see we don't see Brett. We don't see the thing till SummerSlam. He beats the demon at SummerSlam. Win, win, win. Win. Yes. We get to WrestleMania. Yes. No, whatever's before WrestleMania, whether it's No, the Royal Rumble. The, the Royal Ro- Rumble. Oh my god, yes. Guy. He comes out oh my god. Bray gets eliminated, and then comes back out of the Fiend and eliminates the last person and wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, my God, yes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. If he wins... Yes. The Fiend. Yes. The Fiend v. Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania... I don't know what number we're up to. 39? Uh, 30... What are we up to now? 36? I God knows. Fuck knows. WrestleMania Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter, it'll be WrestleMania Fiend. Yes, it'll be Bray Wyatt beating Brock Lesnar. Well, The Fiend beating Bray Wyatt. Yes. It'll be The <laughs> Fiend Brock beating Lesnar. Brock Lesnar in three minutes at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate redemption arc yes. from that stupid rock segment. And you know what? The first, you know what would happen? The first, that Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, all the puppets would be there and they would have the most. Just incredible yes. firefly. Fun we can have Muscle Man dance for an hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Devil Vince could just be there going, uh, it's okay. It, it's okay, guys. It's okay. Look at all that beef. Look at all that beef. And Bray just Muscle Man dances for hours. Oh, man. Just, I mean, on a serious note, he's just amazing. Like, to go from what Bray Wyatt was and to innovate with the Firefly Funhouse, but also then to translate that to a live crowd and scare the living shit out of me and everyone watching. Like, that, the, well, the mask is scary enough, but the lighting, the way he moved, the way he then tweeted afterwards as Bray White, being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, buddy. But, you know, we're going to have to meet again soon. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. It's It's perfection. It's Bray Wyatt. That shouldn't go together. Yeah. It shouldn't, because they've fucked him since he's came from NXT. They've bought, they've destroyed him. And now after I don't I think that was like a year since he was last on TV or something like it might have been longer than that. And he captivated a crowd for months with vignettes of him in a jumper. For fuck's sake. <laughs> 
<laughs> talking to himself, essentially. Yes. Talking to puppets that were himself. It, that puppets of his own voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And his own characters. Like, it's just Sister Abbott, puppet. And, oh, okay, Vince puppet, fair enough. But Rambling Rabbit, old Bray puppet. To turn it around so much. To turn what made you irrelevant and make that relevant is just an unspeakable genius. We are blessed. Oh, I just, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> to see where this goes. And if they, God, even if he doesn't ultimately beat like Brock Lesnar as we, it won't happen, but there is, no. there's endless limitations. Because he'll still be amazing. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like even if it's, even if it's just beating Finn Balor, not the demon, there's a storyline there where he can beat yeah. the demon. That could be a WrestleMania Absolutely. moment. I, it's, there's, he could go through proper fodder like Rey Mysterio. Uh, who else we got? I mean, Cesaro's not really getting used. I mean, like Braun Strowman, the story writes itself. Um, it just... Oh, that's amazing. I didn't think of that. Oh, imagine, oh, imagine just having like a oh, Bray doing a Firefly Funhouse about Braun and just being like, oh, the big scary monster. He can't scare you. It's okay. I know the truth behind the big scary monster because I was with him for oh there's just so much good stuff that could happen exactly oh god they better not fuck this up <laughs> no just please no, 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 don't I'm kind for, I'm, for god's sake I'm glad he's on the Heyman side yeah I think that's he, true. he'll do more I, I imagine I think Bischoff's more similar to McMahon so I think him yeah. will understand well, it a bit more. Also, he doesn't do the wacky characters. So. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I, I, think I get that... a sense that Bischoff, Bischoff will be good for someone like, well, maybe Randy if he sticks around, someone like Roman, you know, to make him, give him a bit more of an edge, even though that he's had that edge for the last yeah. six months. Uh, someone like Andrade. Yeah, you yeah know, Andrade. Give him that, that heelish yeah. vibe. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that'll... I think you're right. Heyman will, is perfect for, you know, the likes of Bray and even people like Corbin. Heyman will turn Corbin to a real jack shit heel. Cesaro, probably, if he goes to Raw. I don't know what his future's going to be. Being a former Paul, Paul Heyman guy. Um, mm. But I know, at the end of the day, WWE is in a, I won't say a good place, but certainly a rising place. Certainly a upwards-looking, optimistic place, given, you know, the rating, ratings have been rising slowly over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but also, uh, you know, Bray White's about to be here, guy, and it's about to be amazing. Yes. Yes, he is. I've got a few wins of the Royal Rumble. Fuck's <laughs> 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 sake. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, that's the dream now. That is the dream. We're pushing. The, we're pushing it's this just, agenda till January. Yes, absolutely. The the feed Royal Rumble agenda because just I it would ah oh, the reaction would just be immaculate, just immaculate, and you could do so much with it as well. Oh, and if, he, just if he comes everything. up number thirty, the lights just go. Oh, geez. yeah, but like. Bray's already been eliminated and the lights go out at number 30 and someone's dead backstage and then the mask just pops up. 
Also, and like we don't know what his theme's gonna be yet. There's there's so much so much that we still don't know. I, his theme could be the wackiest, creepiest thing in the. It could just be the Firefly Funhouse theme for normal Bray, and the fiend goes all whack. Um, but the idea that at the end there's just a fiend staring into the camera, having won the Royal Rumble, and Michael Cole has to say, "Oh my God, Matt, WrestleMania's main event is going to be whoever's champion, Seth or." Brock, please be Brock. Brock versus the feed, and the, the camera just goes out, having settled on that face, staring out into the crowd. That's absolutely terrifying. Oh, just magic. <laughs> Absolute magic. Well, WWE, if you've got anyone who works just in just in Connecticut or anywhere around there, just go knock on the door. <laughs> Got an idea <laughs> to start listening yeah. to this pod. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we can. I mean, it's it's easily accessible. It'll only take you, you know just an hour and a bit of your time, Even and just the last know, twenty minutes. It's, <laughs> it's it's full of good ideas, but that is the main one. You know, that's the, if there's anything that a certain person in Connecticut needs to take from this podcast, it is the last twenty minutes. Exactly, exactly. But uh, before we finish up, might as well talk about what's happened on tv this week i i fell asleep during smackdown and i haven't gone back to watch it so i i know like randy and stuff won there uh we got the fiend which is brilliant uh seth v brock confirmed um what else have we got on tv shin v morgan was good yeah shin v ali got teased which would be good Mm mm-hmm Bit uh, lovely, yeah. I think uh, Ali definitely needs that to, you know, bolster his character a bit. Yeah, again, I think that could that could go fifty fifty, and I think that'd work for both of them as well. Um, mm, what else did we get? Buddy Murphy, as we mentioned, actually got TV time, which is yep, something. Spoke ten words. Yep, it's, it's a start. Yep, something. It's a start. Yes, it's a start. We talked about Kevin Owens' organic, stunning Shane. Uh, Raw was a bit weird. I thought very up and down. Uh, the women got booed by another shit crowd. Mm, I mean, those, yeah. that crowd was just awful. Uh, in a match that I didn't think was that bad. I thought SmackDown, SmackDown's women's thing was better because there were three, you know, shorter matches that all developed stories rather than one or ended up being an 18-minute match that just was, gave us Natalia yeah, winning again. That was It was too long, but yeah, I've, I've seen a lot worse. That's the thing. Yeah, especially from, from, yeah, considering how far we've come to boo that, I think it's a bit much. But Natalia versus Becky will be, I mean, it's Natalia, it can only be all right at best. It'll be, bo- uh, it'll be boring Ronda, build and okay match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the most exciting part of the build's probably already happened with Becky and Natalia trading, you know, bitch words at each other. You're a bitch. Um, no, you're a bitch. You're, right, you're such ya. a bitch. I'll see you in three weeks. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's all the the video package would still somehow be good. Yeah. Um Ember V no, Bailey. Yeah. Becky one. Becky versus Natalia is somehow the second most important women's match because yeah, Bailey versus Ember is in my mind gonna far supersede it. Um, yeah, that, I think that, that, I think that's important because they've kind of fucked off the whole Ember V fight oh, they got fire and desire shit. They've kind of put, they've yep. kind of scrapped that, Sonya, yeah. yeah, they, cr- they scrapped that instantly, and now there's a title feud between them, and we have to find a heel-face dynamic. We don't do face-v-face nowadays. 
So no, we don't. One of them's got to go, and I, probably... I reckon it could well be Bailey. I'd prefer it in to terms be of. I think yeah, maybe not full heel, but it'd certainly be edgy, edgy Bailey. Mm. Um, the other thing we saw, Brock is still liking his uh, boombox party. Doesn't quite work as well with the Universal title. Yes, it does. I'll say that. <laughs> Uh, Brock, you know the box is a rectangular shape. That's why it originally worked. A title belt is not rectangular. Just something to think about. Um, but I do think, like, of all of Brock's last title reign, most of it was crap. Now, as long as it's not over, what is we eight months, they can do stuff with it. They can do mm. Seth. They can do, they probably can't do AJ while he's healed, but I guess... You can do what they'll definitely try to do Kofi at Survivor Series. Now that you, you said that earlier, and now I'm fully convinced uh, they can do Joe again. They, if they really, 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 really wanted to, they could do Roman again and have a bit of tomfoolery stop. Although I think Roman should stay as hell away from, as far away from Brock Lesnar as possible, because in my ideal world, Roman's next title win is the WWE title. Um, but yeah, I mean the stuff with Roman and Seth. And the stuff with Roman Seth and, and everyone else in the Battle Royal was quite good on Raw, I thought. And at least it's something, if you got to I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, looking forward to this new era, if Heyman and Bischoff do get power, which is a big if with Vince. Are you looking forward to this yeah. new era of wrestling, or WWE wrestling? I am in that it opens up a lot of doors creatively. Uh in terms of the way things can go, maybe not specific angles and stuff, but at least, you know, the direction of the programming. But it all depends on how much input they are allowed. Bischoff was on his podcast this week, said he starts next week, um, and that he is kind of an executive director of creative, which made it sound very important and very, you know, prolific. How prolific that is, we don't know yet. Heyman's fingerprints have been on the last few few roars but it doesn't seem like he's actually started in full capacity yet so you know as optimistic as i am and i'm usually always quite optimistic about wrestling i i just don't know it's hard to, it's hard to tell uh but it's, at least it's something you know at least we we've got something to tie our hat to to draw an interest and draw attention and smackdown's ratings were up like 14 percent this week which was absolutely ludicrous uh so maybe that is the kickstarter they need um, but also, you know, like we can criticize WWE all we, all we want. AEW's last show, Five of the Fallen, was pretty crap, to be honest. So they, they the competition is not like it's, it's not like they're having to defend themselves from competition left, right, and center. AEW have plenty to prove, um, which I might be writing about very soon. And NJPW's G1, while it has, I mean, it's been good, it hasn't touched last year's. There's been a very, there's been a few very questionable booking decisions. So as much as we say, you know, WWE is uh, scantily excellent and you know, kind of always teetering between shit and great. Uh, sometimes we just need to let them do their thing and see where it goes. So for me, that's kind of how I'm approaching the appointment of Heyman and Bischoff. Is very much a see how it goes, let them do their thing. If something changes, notice it. If nothing changes, notice it. But don't jump to conclusions too fast. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, so we'll finish up there, unless you've got anything you want to add? 
No, just watch NXT. It's the best product on, te- on in the wrestling world right now. Hell yeah. Um, so, yowie wowie, we've booked WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. The feed for Universal Champion. Oh, God, yes. All of this, yes. So we will finish up there. Thank you for joining me, Alex, and thank you everyone who's listened through Push the Bray Agenda, because every time me and Alex are on this together, that's what we do. Um, since Andy's left, I've been allowed to just do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he listens, he won't be liking this. and More, more even more so if he listens. <laughs> so it's even better. Um, but yes, we'll finish up there. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.